Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, this past week I was on a, a marriage conference for a week, and uh, there was a lot of people from across the country there, and the priest, uh, kind of MC slash chaplain, uh, might have been one of the funniest guys ever. Turns out before his conversion, he was a comedic writer for a show. Then he had a conversion, loves Jesus, now he's a priest, it's fine. All right, really funny guy, and comes from a wonderful family, and he's the only priest in the family. He was the youngest, and he's really close to his dad. His mom died several years ago, and so he told some beautiful stories about his dad. And one of the stories he told was that about once a month, his dad, who's in his mid-80s, asks him to pick him up, and they drive to mom's grave. And he says, my dad stands there and just talks to mom, and talks about life, and this priest said, and he complains about me, and it's awkward because I'm standing right there. But he said after this last time he took him, which was right before this week-long marriage conference, he said that he's driving home, and his dad said, hey, son, you're going on a marriage conference, right? He goes, yeah, dad, I'm going to be going. There's about 400 couples from across the country. He says, well, can you tell them something for me? He said, sure, dad. What do you, what do you want me to tell them? He said, tell them that one day they're going to be standing next to a grave. And let them know, don't keep any love on the table. Give it all. Because there'll be a time where you won't get that chance anymore. So you can imagine this priest tells a story, and it's just like waterworks. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like Couples are like, I love you, and I love you. <laughs> it's so beautiful. But see, in this guy's heart, he wanted to save married couples from the pain of regret. He was moved to share this because he wanted to save others from something. In this case, the pain of regret. It's interesting because in the gospel today, Jesus is healing people all night long. This whole town is coming out. Illnesses, diseases, demonic possession. And he's performing miracle after miracle all night long, basically. They just get to bed, and it says, then he wakes up early in the morning and prays, and the apostles find him, because they're looking all over town for him, and they go, hey, Jesus, everybody's looking for you. So the rest of the town that has physical deformities and illnesses that Jesus could make whole, Jesus says, I got to go on to the next town, because they need to be preached to. He stops the miracles in one town to go preach to another town and then to the whole of Galilee because he needed to save people. Jesus came as a Savior fundamentally to save us. This guy who's a widower wanted to save married couples from the pain of not loving your spouse thoroughly. Jesus came to save us from the pain of what we traditionally call hell. And if you're one of those people, it's like, I've been waiting for a good homily on hell. Good luck. Because tonight, you're going to hear all about hell tonight. Okay? 
This is fundamentally why Jesus came. Jesus did not think we were good enough. He didn't think we were fine. He didn't think like, well, you know, following me is kind of like pickleball. Some people do it, some people don't. It's fine, though. That's not in Jesus' teachings, in his mind or heart. In fact, Jesus actually will convey the message that apart from him, there's no hope. That's actually the message. So he was animated out of his great love to spare people from the pain of unending fear, despair, loneliness, and isolation. Experiences we don't like here, and then we can turn on the TV and numb ourselves. In hell, no numbing, and infinitely worse. He's like, I don't want that for you. Then St. Paul in the second reading goes around from town to town preaching the gospel and he says, I'm doing this so that I can save a few. St. Paul knew not everyone's going to repent and follow Jesus and start living the way of the gospel. But he's like, if I could save a few from pain, I would be glad to do it. This is the authentic revelation of God. That God is on our side wanting to save us. But built into that is the message that it's not automatic. It's not like gravity. It just is there, you're fine, it happens. We're meant to hear the gospel and then repent. That is to say, to work out letting go of the things that hinder us, namely sin, selfishness, etc., so that we can be, as St. Paul says in the book of Romans, dead to sin and alive for God. This widower wanted 400 couples not to feel regret after the death of their spouse. Beautiful for him to share that. Jesus doesn't want us to be separated from life, love, beauty, goodness, joy, friendship for all of eternity. And so he preaches and then suffer, dies, and rises saying, follow me, get close to me. Don't be out of my reach by running away into sin and whatever else. Let me reach you. Let me be close to you and come be close to me. Imitate me. Hear my voice. Follow me. He's begging. And by the way, he doesn't get much out of the deal. He gets me. I get everything out of the deal. He gets you. He doesn't like, oh, thank God. Susie said yes. Whew. Heaven would have really been lonely without her. He's fine. You get the endless beauty and love of God. So what are some implications of this for us? Well, let me just say this. I'm not convinced of my own salvation. I'm a Catholic priest. We could argue I've given up a lot to be a priest. I'm not convinced at the end of the day that I'm automatically going to be saved. I'm hoping. I'm oftentimes begging. I go to confession once or twice a month personally. 
but I'm not thoroughly convinced I'm going to be saved automatically just because I wear a Roman collar and I get to wear liturgical garments and preach. I'm doing what I can every day. I find it strange that in the 21st century, I think most people in the American church think, oh, one and done, I'm good. But St. Paul who wrote the majority of the New Testament, he writes in another book, he says, I'm working my salvation out with fear and trembling. St. Paul was like, I'm still working on it with like a lot of energy hoping I get it. And so I'm going to run the good race. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to use my freedom, my time, my energy, my talents to grow close to Jesus and then to share with him, share everyone with him I can. I'm going to try to bring people to him the best I can. And maybe I'll save a few. But at least I'll know I did my part. Jesus obviously is the Savior. He doesn't need to be saved, okay? But he went town to town, stopping doing physical miracles and healings. Because like, if I save this whole town, what about all these other towns? I came for all of them to hear the good news, to repent and enter into the kingdom, so that we can all be together forever in a life that is so beautiful we don't have words. I want to save them from pain. So, what can we do about it? What, what are we meant to do? Well, in about 10 days, we're going to enter Lent. And if you're anything like me and other people, in the back of your mind, you kind of knew that, and you might have been thinking a few things. And then what happens is on Tuesday, Mardi Gras, we go, oh yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll do these things. So I was already kind of thinking about them. And we just kind of like glide into Lent. We're like, oh yeah, I guess I'm here now. What if you entered Lent and this was the last chance you had? What if you imagine that this is the last and only Lent the Lord's ever going to give me to get close enough to him to have the hope of being spared the pain that he came to save me from? What if this is it? Maybe Lent isn't meant to be a diet. I'm going to give up cookies. Well, are cookies the thing that are in your way with God? If they are, if that's what numbs you out at night and you turn to that for happiness and sense of security, well, then maybe. But can I suggest maybe look at how you use technology? Look at, like, have you even learned how to pray in your lifetime yet? Maybe... Like, when was the last time you went to confession and maybe you need to go several times in Lent? The saints are not convinced of their salvation. They have hope because they know how merciful and forgiving Jesus is, but they look at their life and they go, I don't know. He's great, but I'm not so hot. So I hope, Jesus, please... A widower in Flint, Michigan, wanted to spare married couples from pain because he cared. Jesus wants to spare us from even worse pain because he cares. St. Paul wants to save us from pain because he cares. What if we take the next 10 days and really look at, how do I make this Lent my only Lent 
the only time Jesus has given me to grow close to him and repent, what if I really did it this year? What if I said, enough flirting with God. It's time to actually go all in. I wonder what we would look like. I wonder how different my life would be. I'm certainly excited to find out. Amen.